0: All right, so um, I I thought it was interesting, Jen, with the playlist you chose because the first song you chose is actually going to be very in line with what I'm talking about tonight. So I already felt the spirit kind of knitting together a theme. And then Travis, what Travis shared, I think will be, will coincide with some of the stuff we're going to talk about. So one of the things that you know, when Travis asked me to speak, initially, I didn't really have anything on my heart, is what I think I told him, which was interesting because, and I'll share this towards the end, it's funny that I used the word heart because that's exactly what we're going to talk about tonight, is the heart. And as I kind of looked into the, the heart, the physical heart, and the spiritual heart, um, it's just, it's interesting sometimes when you begin, you know, it says in the Bible that God conceals a matter, and it's for the glory of kings to search out a matter. And so, you know, we're not called to strive and search things out, but if God's opening up a door, an avenue for us to search him out, that can be a beautiful thing because there's obviously a reason. So, I was kind of searching some things out the last several days with the Lord um, concerning the heart. And so, it's interesting, Um, Chris, actually, when you read Proverbs 4? Verse 23 for us as our scripture verse for the evening. This is going to kind of encapsulate what we're talking about tonight. And I'm going to do the best I can. You know, I I felt like when you're talking about the heart, I mean, you probably, especially those in seminary, I'm sure you've dissected what the heart is and you've gone into that. I'm even going to use the Greek word for heart. So you guys are going to be impressed tonight. I'm going to use one Greek word, okay? All right, Chris, go ahead.
1: Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life.
0: Thank you. So above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. And I, I and let me just say this before I get started. I don't have any business of trying to like convince unless the Holy Spirit just moves me to try to convince. It's more of, you know, one of the callings I have, and this is a part of what God's put in me, which I'm realizing. Is to encourage, to to incite, um, and to be a catalyst. So my my heart's desire tonight is for there to be a flame lit in your heart, for God to kindle something within you that's real. And then, in addition to that, you know, okay, Lord, we're 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 good with the kindling. But actually, what would be great too is for you to really pour out the oil on that flame. So may God pour out the oil on the flame that He's kindled. And you guys, and us, all right? So what is the heart? So we'll, we'll kind of break this down, and I'm not, like when it comes to the, the anatomy of the human body, I, I'm not an expert, so I'm not gonna play like I am, but I, I will try to break it down a little bit, which I did find it interesting um, when I looked into it a little more. So the, the heart, and Travis mentioned this a few weeks ago, the heart is actually a, a muscle and an organ, okay? And the, the heart, Pumps blood all throughout our body, all right? Pumps it through our veins. It is essential, it's necessary for us to live and have our heart, okay? Heart's not in us, we're not going to live. Same thing spiritually. So, interestingly enough, as I was kind of looking into this as well, the, the heart is actually, what surrounds the heart is like parts of a home. And so interestingly enough, you have the walls, you have the chambers, you actually have the valves, which are doors, And then, which I thought this was really interesting, you have the blood vessels, which are known as, like, the plumbing, okay? So sometimes you got to empty yourself out in order to receive, like, because the heart is the wellspring of life, right? And what's a wellspring? A wellspring is the continual supply of something, supply something continually. So if the heart is the wellspring of life, sometimes you got to flesh out some of the stuff that's diluted in there, okay? It's a very precious thing. And that's why Solomon says, above all, guard your heart. So you have these, these valves, right? These doors in your heart. Now, I think it's interesting. I don't think God creates even our organs just aimlessly. There's a purpose. There's a reason. So why is it that our heart, our physical hearts have literal like doors, valves, blood vessels that are plumbing? Why is that? I think it's intentional. I think that God knew because if you look at the, the Greek word, which we'll get to this here in a second, but I'll go ahead and throw it out. I even, like, looked it up to make sure I was pronouncing it correctly, which I never would have done. I mean, like, five to ten years ago, I wouldn't have done that. I just would have probably said it, and I, I was actually saying it incorrectly. I have no, no problem admitting that. So I had to look it up to say it correctly. All right. I'm just going to kind of pat myself on the back for that one, Chris, because I wouldn't have done that a while ago. All right. Cardia is used 156 times in the New Testament, Okay. So that is the Greek word for heart. We get cardiovascular from that, okay? That's how we get our English word cardio, okay? So if you think about the actual physical heart or the spiritual heart, okay, with those different, so we're taking the physical, the valves, for example, the doorway to the heart, and we're thinking about what are we entering in? What are we allowing into the heart, okay? And we're going to talk about tonight, what are we agreeing with? What are you agreeing with? What have we agreed with to allow things to enter the heart? Because as a man thinks, he is. And really, so I also want to read this too, the definition of the heart, okay? So I looked this up, and I compared it back, but I want to read a few definitions. I really, I thought it was good, okay? So, the heart denotes the center of all physical and spiritual life, the vigor and sense of physical life, the center and seat of spiritual life the soul or mind, as it is the fountain and seat of the thoughts, passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, and endeavors. So the heart is a really precious thing, and what I'm, what I'm com- coming to see myself is the heart is actually, a lot of times, and we'll talk more about this too, it's not a bad thing. We know in scripture it talks about the heart is wicked above all things, and I think at times... What the enemy has sought to do is bury our heart in fear and in timidity that we can actually trust in being led by our heart. And we're going to talk about someone in Scripture, and you all probably know who I'm going to talk about, who is truly led by his heart. And sometimes it got him in trouble. All right. So let me see. If we're going to go after that. Okay. So one of the things I want to talk about really quickly is I want everyone in here, and, and if, I just want to remind us of this. Your heart is specific, unique. You were fearfully and wonderfully created. So we see that in the Old Testament. It's important for us to know that you have a distinct, an unusual heart that was tailor-made specifically for you. And so what I'm praying and hoping that we would ask, I encourage us even this week to begin asking God to flood our hearts and make us aware of what he's put in us. Because each one of us have have specific things God has put in our hearts, desires, affections, proclivities, that are totally unique to us. And again, as it says in Scripture, it, we're called to search things out. So as, as God leads you throughout this week and the coming weeks, I really encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to allow you to search out what he's put in you. And to really ask him, too, to identify where are the doors, what doors have you opened What doors have all of us opened to agree with the lies of the enemy about yourself and about others? And and also, um, well, before I get into that, Chris, let me have you read. So, actually, I'm going to say something else, then I'm going to have you read something, okay? It's going to be like four different verses. Um, Jen's song, the first song she was playing tonight, was Rivers of Living Water, right? Jesus said that rivers of living water water will flow from your heart. In some translations it says rivers of living water will flow from your belly. So, if the heart is well, the wellspring of life, we see in Scripture how, even in the Old Testament, Abraham was called to uncap some of the wells, right, that were dammed up. And we actually did a prophetic mission in the old campgrounds with that. And I, I won't go into that, but that was a prophetic thing we did because we felt like God was, or Travis, had heard God tell him to do that. So, What is it? What has the enemy tried to dam up in your life? What well has he tried to dam up to prevent you from experiencing the living waters God has for you in particular? And I think that, you know, when we agree with a thought, and Travis was talking about this with the kids, you know, if our heart agrees with something, whether it's something we think about someone else, like, and I don't want to, I was thinking about saying this, this is not a condemnation judgment, But many of us in here have had judgments and thoughts about others that are in total disagreement with what the Holy Spirit says about that person. We've had thoughts and agreements about ourselves, which God's like, I didn't tell you that. That's not from my spirit. But what we've done is, we haven't listened to Solomon in in Proverbs 4. We haven't guarded our hearts. We've agreed, we've opened up that valve and allowed agreements to come into our hearts that have damaged, hurt our hearts, which have actually caused a damning of the Spirit. Because the Spirit, again, is the wellspring of life. It flows freely, okay? And and it's interesting, God spoke this to me several years ago. He said, Michael, there's been like a disconnect between your brain and your heart. And I'm not going to get in again to the anatomy of the brain, and I'm just not going to go there. I'm not going to try to opine about that, because I don't have a lot of revelation. What I do believe God was sharing with me, though, is, look, if your heart and brain aren't in alignment, you're going to be off kilter, off balance. You're not going to have good equilibrium in your spiritual life. So, again, if our heart is being damned up because of agreements we're making, it's going to be difficult for us to think clearly and operate clearly in the Spirit, especially when we're interacting with others. And as Travis said, look, we're looking for unity. We're looking for unity. That's what Jesus prayed in the high priestly prayer that we will be one as He is one with the Father. That is where we're going towards unity with each other, because that reflects the kingdom of God, is our unity. So, again, I'm not going to sit here and point fingers and say, this is what's damned you up from experiencing God's flow of the spirit. But I ask, I just, if anything, this is like, look, partner with God and the Holy Spirit to ask him, what have you agreed with? That's one of the things in my life that I'm actually learning. I'm I'm reading a book and it's about these agreements we've made. And it kind of coincides with what we're talking about because look, if you have agreed with thoughts, condemnation, accusation towards others, accusations towards yourself, How are you going to really flow and stay in step with the Spirit, abide with the Spirit, when you're not actually thinking appropriately? You're not thinking according to the truth. So again, I just encourage us, ask this week. You know, Even as you're driving, to me it's like sometimes just even driving with the Lord. It's like you can have beautiful moments when you just turn off the radio, or even when you're worshiping, just speaking to God, asking Him. And here's the thing, if you ask anything according to His will, we know this. If you ask anything according to His will, you have that. You actually have what you've asked. doesn't matter if you don't feel like you do. You have that. So if it's, God, it's God's will for you to walk in freedom, it's God's will for you to uncap the wells in your heart, it's his will. That is his will for each one of us. That's unequivocal. It's indisputable. That is, is the will of God for your life, is for you to walk in clarity, for you to walk in liberty, for you to walk in the full, fullness of the wellspring of his spirit. And so I encourage you, ask him, and then believe you have it, okay? All right, so... What I'm talking about, so we have this, the old heart and the new heart. You can talk about, I'm going to kind of coin it as the old Adam and the new Adam, all right? Paul talks about that in Romans, right? There's the old Adam, the new Adam's Jesus, all right? So, in context of that, I'm gonna, we're going to look at a few verses to really show you, look, there is such a thing as a new heart. You really can actually trust in heart that God's given you okay you don't have to live and be afraid of the old Adam you can actually believe there's a heart God has sovereignly placed within you as you've received the spirit okay so Chris turn to first Samuel chapter 10 verse 9 this is actually this may surprise you with who we're going to talk about who, who God gave a new heart but he did
1: Saul turned to leave Samuel. God changed Saul's heart, and all these signs were fulfilled that day.
0: And so that that verse, it actually says in other translations that God gave him a new heart. So changed his heart, gave him a new heart. So Saul had a new heart. But you look at Saul, and we won't deconstruct his life, but what did Saul not do? One of the chief chief things he didn't do, he didn't agree with God. And we know that because Samuel, who it says in scripture, no words fell to the ground from Samuel's mouth, so anything Samuel spoke was like, all right, you can trust this is from God, right? Samuel had that reputation. Samuel says something, you do it, you know? And you see Saul did not agree with that. So Saul didn't feed his heart. He got damned up. And so it wasn't just one thing with Saul, it was a culmination of things. He continually disagreed, and rebellion is the same as witchcraft, which ultimately what happened with Saul, at the end of his life, he actually participated in open witchcraft. So as you just see the, you see the, the development of Saul. He was given a new heart, but he continually disagreed with the words of God. And, and here's the thing, it's not to scare us, but it's, it's sobering to realize, look, when God manifests himself in a real specific way, like Saul was, was the anointed, he was chosen, he was given God's spirit, he was given a new heart, but he continually disagreed with God. And God gave him opportunities. It wasn't like, oh, Saul didn't wait for Samuel, so the kingdom's taken away from him. No, he, he, he chose. He actively didn't participate and agree with truth. So next verse, Chris, is Ezekiel eleven nineteen.
1: I will give them an undivided heart and put a new spirit in them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh.
0: So again, I'm not going to pretend that I know exactly the concept of this new heart. I know many people would say when you're given the Holy Spirit, then you have a new heart. Look, I I believe that that's true. I also believe there's a, a, a profound mystery about what this new heart actually is and I I do believe though I do believe we have the heart of flesh that God's given us um and I'll just stop there again I don't have a lot of revelation further from that maybe some of you do and if you do then continue to to pursue that and ask God to give you more clarity but what I do know and believe is God has given you a heart his heart heart of flesh and you have you can agree with that or you can disagree um let's go with Jeremiah 24 7. Chris
1: I will give them a heart to know me that I am the Lord they will be my people and I will be their God for they will return to me with all their heart so
0: this just demonstrates look this new heart is available okay and I want to encourage and exhort us to not fear allowing God to reveal what he's put in you I think a lot of times I was mentioning this earlier you know, when I think about even in religious terms, like, oh, you can't be led by your heart. The heart's wicked above all things, right? It's like it's corrupt, it's evil, which is true. Like, the old Adam's heart, that is true. There's, there's, the flesh counts for nothing, as Paul said. The old Adam counts for nothing. You can do nothing apart from Christ. You can look religious, you can look kind of good, but in the end, it's a whitewashed tomb, right? It, it counts for nothing. One of the things, and we're going to, so the last 20 minutes or so, we're going to break down and talk about the man who lived by his heart and what I really want to kind of exhort us with as we as we part. But one of the things, what God, I think, spoke, I really believe he spoke this to me. So one of my favorite movies is Braveheart, and I was, was in the weight room and I was lifting, and all of a sudden something hit me. i was like, oh man, that's a really good quote from Braveheart. I've heard it before, but it never really triggered with me. It never really uh, resonated. It was almost like, well, being led by your heart, it kind of was... I'm not saying it was offensive, but you know, in movies or books and things, or people say, oh, just be led by your heart. Just go with what's in your heart. And it's almost like, to be honest with you guys, I've kind of scoffed at it. Like, be led by your heart? Come on. Be led by my heart? My heart's deceitful. I I can't trust my heart. Um, Not that I always verbalized that or even thought that, but that was kind of the mentality, the approach I had. But in Braveheart, if you haven't seen it, shame on you. I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) It's a really good movie. Uh, But in the beginning, William Wallace his uh someone dies put it that way we'll just say, someone dies in the beginning very beginning of the movie actually a lot a lot of people die in the beginning of the movie but um someone very close to him dies and he he has a dream and he's lying beside this person and the person looks at him and says your heart is free have the courage to follow it and uh says it in about like that scottish accent maybe a little bit better but not much um no, I'm kidding uh but that's what he says, have the courage to follow it. Your heart is free, have the courage to follow it. And for whatever reason, that just struck a chord with me. I'm like, man, have the courage to follow my heart. And I just knew, man, it was so funny because maybe a, like the next day when I was looking into it more, I opened my Bible and I just ch- turned to uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, where God talks about giving us a new heart, a different spirit, a new spirit. So I felt God breathing on that, like, okay, what does this mean to be... Led by your heart. How can I trust my heart? Is there even biblical precedent to to trust your heart, to be led by your heart? Yes, there is, actually. So, um, and I actually want someone to answer this question because I'm curious if, if it's just me or I think this is maybe routine. But if you can think of one person in the Bible who just was led by their heart, led by their heart, lived by like the passion of their heart, the zeal of their heart, who do you think it was? You have to raise your hand, though, to answer the question. You have to raise it. I'm thinking of, like, I mean, there's not really a wrong answer. I'm just saying, who do you feel, like, when you think of one person who was just led by their other than Jesus, okay, I mean, who do you think it was? Are you raising your hand? Okay. (laughs) You're the leader. You can't answer. (laughs) David, yeah, right. That's who I thought. David. Um, so yeah, David, I think, and at times, David, David's passion got him into some issues, right? David agreed with some things that caused his heart to lead him astray. But then also David agreed with a lot of things that propelled his heart into like valor, victory, and boldness. One of the things that's kind of crazy, if you think about the story of David, um, well, let me go back really quickly and let's kind of tie this in. Uh, will you read... Um, Chris first Samuel sixteen seventeen.
1: but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the thing, ma- things man looks at man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart.
0: There we go. I don't know why I put a one right there. Should have known that. All right. So the Lord looks at the heart. So from the very beginning, really from the first like time we hear about David was there was this heart thing what was in David's heart? Um, It's kind of a mystery. We don't know really in the beginning, right? It was before actually God's spirit rushed upon David, which then likely caused David to do all these phenomenal exploits, like killing a bear with his bare hands and then lion with his bare hands. But there was something in David's heart. And what I'm thinking, this is just my personal opinion, was David's life early on, he just agreed and was meek before God. He was like, look, I don't I'm not much of anything, but what I am is I can agree with God. I can be meek and receive from him. And I think God saw that. And so anyway, we see that from the very beginning, David had God describe David as someone who, look, I look at the heart and I see this heart and something about this heart moves my heart. Um, But what I thought is interesting about David, and this is something that, you know, a, a few years back I thought about. So we see David's first big exploit was right, David and Goliath, okay? And what I thought was really interesting about that story, as I think about it, is you know, when David was there, he heard Goliath, you know, do his discourse, and he was offended. He, he, Goliath was disrespecting not just Israel, but Israel represented God, God's character. Nowhere in that account does, is David told by God, you are going to defeat Goliath. Wasn't told that. Wasn't told, wasn't guaranteed victory. And I'm willing to to submit that Goliath. We know that his race of people were like uh, of the Nephilim. That's what we we, the Anakin? I I believe that's right. And so, if, if I'm incorrect, someone can tell me later. But he he was a very intimidating foe, probably much more than any of us can even realize. And so, not only was David not guaranteed victory, he was going against a dude who was being fueled by you know demonic forces. I believe. And so he, so what prompted David, what propelled David to believe he could defeat Goliath? Like, what was it in him? Well, when I look at David's life and I look at what happened here, he was like, look, David, first of all, agreed and understood the character of God. He understood, look, if this dude is saying this about God's people, about God, like, he is going down. And see, you see a kid from the very beginning. Didn't have wasn't have to, he wasn't told, look, go do this. He was that that was not what he needed to actually do it a great exploit. He just agreed with the truth. And so I began thinking more about that. And I, I look at another verse. So in, in conjunction with that, um, Psalm 16:7, Chris, really quickly, Psalm 16.7. So this is again David. We're gonna tie this in
1: who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me.
0: So then you have this this verse about what even in the night my heart instructs me. What you see with David, and I think maybe is like a, a, a microcosm just of what it looks like to be led by your heart, either in a good way or a bad way, is when David continued to agree with God's Word about him, God's word about other people. He learned to just die to his ability to try to get things done in his own strength. He just didn't operate in that. Now, when he disagreed, like the story with Bathsheba, you can can look at that and say, look, David was agreeing and opening up a valve in his heart that clearly was going to produce something that was not good. And I I, I submit to you, this wasn't like a one-time thing with David. This was something that he understood the people, the, the, the men were out at war, that's what it says in Scripture. This was something that David chose actively, in my opinion, over and over. We just see one account, but I'm thinking it probably was something over and over again that happened with him, that he agreed with that. And he opened up that valve, an ulterior spirit came in, led him astray, and we saw the consequences. But it didn't change the fact that God still called him a man after my own heart. Because then you see in Psalm 16, 7, David says, even at night my heart instructs me. Even at night, I can actually trust that what God's put in me, I can actually trust that and actually allow that to lead me. So, this concept is kind of crazy for me at least, because I know for one of the struggles I've had in my life is always analyzing choices I make, whether or not, are you making the right choice right now? Is it yes or no? Is this God's will for your life? Is God telling you to do this or not do this? And it's, it's, can, can really get me, it's gotten me wrapped up in a, And a conundrum many times. It's something God is actually helping free me of right now in my life. And one of the things God is showing me, and even through the life of David, is like, look, Michael, the word is near you. Paul says this the word is near you, it's in your mouth, it's gotten into your heart. So when I see that, God is training us, has been training us, as we've continued to agree with his word about us, his word about other people, his word about himself. We confess that, we speak it out, we speak it to ourselves. What happens is, you may not feel in the, in the moment. You may not see it. It says in Romans chapter 4, God calls things that are not as though they were. It's not difficult to, for God to call things in, into existence that don't exist. So we choose, we agree with things, even though emotionally we may not be feeling it. Everything within us tells us not to, not to engage with that to speak something else, if we begin to continue to do that, what happens is it actually gets into our heart. The word of God, the truth of God gets into our, the valve of our heart opens up. It's a fertile place for the Spirit of God to dwell. Then all of a sudden, that is there. It's like it's this crazy concept. And Jesus was, when he was praying for us to be one, I think it was such a profound prayer because it's like as we become more one with God through his Spirit, it's like We just act in concert with Him. Like, we can actually trust the desires that bubble up into our heart. We don't have to always question. Now, again, we're not talking about open rebellion. You know it's very clear. There's there's clear things that are fruits that aren't of the Spirit. But what I want to encourage you with is I want to encourage you that you can actually open up your heart. You can actually trust as you continue to agree with God. You can actually begin to be led by the desires in your heart. It's crazy. Because the religious mind says, no, 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 wait a second, wait you say? I need to suffer more, I need to, I need to make sure I'm, I'm in pain more, that's true, part of, the, part of the Christian walk is to suffer, through many sufferings we inherit the promises, okay, but this is something, a side note, but something I want to mention, you don't have to go search out your cross, the cross will find you, Simon of Cyrene didn't get up, the day that Jesus was being led to Golgotha and go find his cross. He was there, the cross found him. You just received the cross. You live, you know what, you just like, all right, God, this is what you're giving me. And then also, in addition to that, you don't even have the strength to carry your own cross. God provided someone to carry the cross for Jesus. So think about that. That kind of is another addition. But that being said, look, I want to encourage us. I want to exhort us. You have things in your heart right now that God wants to open up, wants to set you free, free from the religious mind, free from the the, the idea that you you can actually be led by the things he's put in you. And then, here's the thing with David, another awesome story about David. At one point, he tells Nathan, look, I want to build a temple for God. And Nathan says, good, do what's in your heart, go for it. All right. Did God tell, did did David end up building the temple? No, we know he didn't. God knew that. God actually called Solomon, his son, to build him a temple. But did God tell Nathan, like, no, no, tell David you can't build the temple. No. What happened? David went with his heart, but what what happened? Nathan came back and said, you know what? No, God's actually calling Solomon, your son, or your son, to build the temple. So in that context, was, was David rebuked for doing something that ultimately he wasn't called to do? No, man. Nathan even told him, go do what's in your heart. Nathan was a prophet. Even David was a prophet. And he and he did that. He actually was going to do something that wasn't what God wanted him to do. But here's the thing. God got the message across to David, and David didn't do it. So part of this, like even being led by the desires of your heart, being led by what's in your heart, is, is not being afraid about being brave and courageous with what God's put in you. Okay. And, you know, Trenton, I was thinking about you this. I'm going to call you out real quick. I was thinking about you this week. and I just feel like this transition of your life, that God, I believe, is going to meet you in the desire he's put in you to where he's taking you, man. And I believe that, and I encourage you as a brother to seek God out and just, God, what is it? What is my, what is the desire you put in me? And I think, man, and I really believe this, that you're going to look back and you're going to say, one of your one of the testimonies you're going to have is God gave me the desire of my heart. I really believe that, man. God gave me the desire of my heart. Getting the desire of your heart is not, it's not even about you as much. It is because God loves us. But God is exalted. His name is actually glorified when you inherit the desire he's given you. And it doesn't matter what you feel in the moment right now. It says in scripture, Psalm 34, 7, it says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desire of your heart. And that's not like, a, well, have I delighted myself in the Lord today? Am I good enough to get my desire? No, it's a posture. And I'm willing to say the people, the remnant in this room right here, you all delight yourself in the Lord. I'm going to speak that over you. Delight yourself in the Lord. I don't care what your mind is telling you. I don't care how well you perform this week. When I look out and I've seen you guys and who I've gotten to know, I really believe um, you delight yourself in the Lord. Um. so as we close up here here in, little, in a little bit in a few more minutes um, I just this, this week and I've said this a few times just open yourself up and ask God Lord like what have you put in me what have I agreed with and damned up in my life you know and then see what the Holy Spirit says and I, and I one of the things that he's showing me is look If you're pursuing something, if you're you're agreeing with something, something I don't ultimately have for you, a plan for your life, trust in my goodness, trust in my character that I'm able to shut the door and prevent you from causing danger to yourself and danger to others. That's one thing when we're like, and we we discern things, we we discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's totally different if if you're operating in sin. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is operating in boldness and courage. And I will say, too, is that there's a tearing that happens in our hearts. Now, David went through a training, okay? David had, went through a pretty excruciating training of being in the desert. That's right, man. Go for it. David was in the wilderness running away from Saul. And here's the thing. Think about this. Think about how long David's promises tarried. David was, was anointed as a kid, told he was going to be the king of Israel. How long did that tarry before he was anointed the king of Israel? It was years. Years before David actually became king. And if you look at like even just from a practical approach, we don't see this in scripture as much. We see it a little bit. But what do you think David was thinking? He could have easily begun rejecting the word that God had given to him. The word that was in his heart really of him being king. He was being chased by Saul. He had a, a remnant compared to Saul's massive army. So what in his mind legitimately caused him to think he was going to Become king. Well, it was that word that God gave. He agreed he did not reject the word God gave him. He he received it and he allowed God to water that seed to make it grow. And so David actually tarried for that promise by believing, by agreeing. And so as you continue to agree with what God's spoken over you, what he's put in your heart, that actually grows. It strengthens you. And what it does is it increases your faith. And it doesn't mean like you're not gonna figure it out, right? It says we 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 see in part, we prophesy in part. So God doesn't necessarily give us the full picture. There are things in my heart that I know he's put in there. I'm like, God, I know you put this in there. I don't see the full picture, but I'm believing these desires are from you, but I'm also not going to try to fulfill them in my own strength. And that's what you see. David did not try to fulfill his desires or the word God had given and put in his heart by his own strength. He really, and many times, this is true too, David just allowed God to be the judge. He allowed God to, like, look, I'm not going to try to exert my authority right here. I'm going to trust God to fulfill this. And so even when David could have killed Saul to inherit the promise, even when he could have, like, I think about the story when David was, was in, uh, I think when his son Absalom was chasing him, there was a guy who was spitting on him, cursing him. And then one of his, uh, I think it was Joab's brother, i say, let me kill this, this dude. Let me kill him. And I'm like, dude, you're cursing David. This dude who is like the, like the, I mean, he is the biggest, baddest warrior in all of Israel, and you're cursing him, spinning him. You know what David is? Like, maybe he's right. We'll see what happens. We'll see what God decides to do. Maybe he's right. I mean, that to me is just like, dude, that shows you, when I think about God saying like, that's the heart God's talking about. That's the man who's like, look, maybe, I, maybe this is what." the consequences of my sin, maybe this is what this has resulted as. And ultimately, well, you can, you can read the rest of the story about that because that dude did get, end up getting um, some justice. But I say all that to say, guys, and I'll, I'll wrap it up here, is that your heart's a precious thing and God gave it to you for a reason. And when, it, when you hear people say, live by your heart, it's, it's a freeing thing. And God wants to free us up. He wants to set us free from the fear of being led by our passions, by our desires. Because oftentimes, religiously, you'll say, how can I actually get my desires? How can I actually live a passionate life? Um, And the stuff that we have to do, that God's calling us to do, that that is is difficult and challenging, that's on him. We just agree with him. What I'm telling you all is, go after the desires in your heart. Cultivate the desires. Open up the valve in your heart. Let God marinate, let him produce and show you what he's put in you. And then because at the end of the day, when you when you receive that, as you continue to contend for that in whatever way it looks like, because maybe some of you, God's saying, I want you to pray into this. I want you to to tarry with this. Maybe some of you, God's like, go now, go after. There's different people are different seasons. I'm not telling you right now, look, if God's put a desire in you, go after and just go do it, do it, do it, do it. Maybe for you, maybe that is just agreeing with that desire and praying into it and asking God to give you faith. To continue to, to tarry with that. Maybe God's saying, look, trust this desire, go for it, just go for it. But at the end of the day, I, I encourage us just to acknowledge there, is, there are desires there. God, put, God has put those there for a reason. And then let Him lead and show you how to agree with those. Um, and do I have anything else? let see. All right, let me, let me pray. Father, I thank you that, that you have given us pure righteous desires in our hearts, God. I thank you that, that we don't have to fear the heart you've given us, Jesus. And I ask even now, Holy Spirit, that you would, you would ignite, God, and awaken any dormant desire the enemy has tried to dam up in people's hearts. And I pray, God, for... Uh, for a tenderness, Lord, a tenderness in each heart, God, that they would, the Holy Spirit, that they would receive you. They, w- they would open up, God, you give us, give us the self-willpower. You've given us the will, God. I pray for the grace for us to have a, a will to open up the valve in our heart, Holy Spirit, to let your word come in and to marinate, Holy Spirit. And I ask, God, that we would agree with whatever word you put in us, God. Whatever it is, we'd agree with it, even now in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, you would encourage, you would just invigorate spirits even now, God. And I ask that you would comfort, Lord. I pray for your, for your spirit just to, just to rest on each heart, God. And, and, and I believe, Holy Spirit, that you will. You are a God who fulfills your word, who fulfills your word. And I thank you, God, that you've met with us this evening, Lord. I thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful to accomplish what you've said. Bless us the rest of this week, and I pray that we'd have a fulfilled Memorial Day, God. And I pray this week, Holy Spirit, that you would show us what you put in us. Amen. And and one more thing, this is the final thing I'll say, is just this week, I really say this because I feel like God wants to do something for each heart in here. I really, really encourage us, take some time and talk with the Holy Spirit about, and just ask Him, because... I don't want you to leave this place thinking that you have to do something to like get God to show you something. I want this to be a, a posture of just receiving and then asking. God's like, look, you don't have some of the stuff that maybe you need or you want right now because you're not asking. So let him move your heart to ask and ask and then just receive and then cooperate in whatever, the, whatever way that looks like for you. You want to Amen.
2: Well, I really appreciate what Michael had to say. Not because he's my brother, although I am grateful to have him as my brother, um, but I believe he was speaking by God's spirit. Um, Maybe you could play uh, the next song on Jen's list. Um, As Uncle Tim prays this song, I encourage you to take a little practice session um, for this week. Um, And just let God minister to your heart. Open the valves of your heart and uh, let him instruct your heart. You may perceive something right now. You may not. Um, But I I pray that during this song, uh, God would minister to your heart.